entrepreneurship is the biggest course in personal and self-development because you have to overcome all of your limiting beliefs to really reach success. And not just from a revenue standpoint, but as somebody who has a great team member or that is making an impact or that you're living a life without overwhelm and being overscheduled and burned out. Like it's, you know, it's great to put time into your business, but if you can't have a full life, then you can just go back to corporate. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, Tribe. On today's show, we have our second podcast takeover. Um, For those of you who might be just tuning in for the first time, I decided to mix things up a little bit and have some of my friends and colleagues interview me. So if you missed the first one, it was with Dan McPherson, and that was episode 138. Uh, And we talked about how change will make you a more successful entrepreneur. On today's show, my guest is Robin Graham, and she was also um, on episode 69 of the Tribe of Leaders, so early on in the in the podcast, she's a business coach, personal branding specialist, and she helps women entrepreneurs really stand out uh, from the crowd with their marketing and helping them grow sustainable businesses. We had a ton of fun here, um, but before I get into what we talked about, I want to make sure that you know that Robin not only is the podcast host of her own show, The Robin Graham Show, she's also the author of You, Me, and Anxiety, Take Action Over Anxiety to Enjoy Being You. And make sure that you check out the show notes because she's got a really cool resource page and she's offering a mentoring session to anybody who wants to start either developing or leveling up your personal brand. So what we talk about today is really what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, particularly as a woman. I talk about some of the obstacles that I see women entrepreneurs face over and over again. And I also dive into who you need to be, not the doing, but who you need to be to show up and really create an amazing business where you're consistently growing year after year. So the leadership skills that that impact your sales, your marketing, your team building systems, all aspects of your business. So I hope that you really enjoy this one as much as uh, Robin and I had fun chatting about all the things that we love and we have in common. So listen in. Hey, Robin, I am 
So super excited that we are going to do the second podcast takeover and that you um, graciously have stepped up and boldly to be the second one. Um, so I can hardly wait where to see where this goes. But one of the things I was thinking about um, before we hopped on was we've known each other for a while. and I don't remember where we met. Um, we both live in the Philly area, so I presume it was networking, but I don't remember what organization. So it was a business conference in Philly when you were like in the coach's corner. And oh, okay. Do you remember this? And I saw you on the, um, oh, you know, like the agenda or whatever as one of the, the coaches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, she looks amazing. I'm <laughs> going to go talk to her. And so I scheduled my little 15 minute you know, appointment yeah, yeah. with you. And then we just stayed connected. And I don't, I mean, we, I think we're just like-minded and we just yeah. connected and then we had each other on our podcast right. and, you know, all of that. So we just kind of, yeah. Okay. So that was Diva Girl like five years ago. Yes, I guess. Yes, it was. It was that um, She Means, means This conference. And mm-hmm. since, I mean, it's been well over two or three years, right? Because yeah, COVID way before been COVID. In there. Yeah. Um, and actually I'm time framing it. This is how my time frame everything is who I was dating and my kids. <laughs> and <laughs> my oldest was dating this girl Shelby. She came with me to that. So it would have been be. yeah, 2017 or 2018. Wow. Yeah. So a long time ago. Yeah. So Gosh, it's amazing because it doesn't yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem like it. I know. Well, you know, the whole COVID thing and like the last, I'm going to say 18 months, but I feel like it, for me, it's been more normal this last six months, but the 18 months prior to that seems like this like weird blip. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, listeners, if you feel that way, but it's like time just got sucked out of my brain. Yes, same. And And I look back at that time period and I think, what, what did I do? What was I doing? I mean, I did major transitions in my business, wrote a book, but you know, I look back at that time and I think, where was everyone in my life? Because I feel like there's just this like gray area where yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, like, you can't pinpoint time and place because there, we never left our homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it, it's so weird. Like I yeah. had a lot of successes few challenges. My kids were living with me in a thousand square foot apartment. That was crazy. But uh, yeah. So anyways, we digress. Um, I'm going to let you take the reins. So it's your game. Okay. All right. Here we go. So we are going to talk all about being the CEO of your business today. And because I know that you help people become this. So for anybody out there that has not worked with you before, or maybe is just entering the, not necessarily entering the realm of entrepreneurship, but feel somewhat stuck. I think that becoming the CEO of their business can make a big difference in the overall outcomes Mm -hmm. and overall level of success that they achieve. So when we look at Webster's Dictionary, the CEO is defined as the highest ranking person in a business and ultimately the person responsible for making managerial decisions. Right. So when we think about that, what is the mindset 
of a CEO when we're talking about entrepreneurship? Yeah, great question. And thank you. Thank you so much for asking that too, because for me, and I was just talking um, about this literally an hour ago, for me, like you can teach people how to do sales, how to build a team, marketing, um, all of the business things, whatever you can excel in, whatever you offer, or if you're selling, you know, product, then whatever you're, whatever you're offering for the that product or products. But until you embody the mindset of a CEO, it makes it really difficult to have a successful business. And I don't remember what the exact numbers are, and they change a little bit, but like. of all businesses fail within the first couple of years. And it's up to like 90% of all businesses fail in um, seven to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and from a women's entrepreneurship, and I'm going to, you're going to hear me saying this like over and over and over again, because this, when I saw this statistic, it really upset me. 40% of women own businesses, but only one and a half percent of all women make over a million dollars in revenue. And on average, women make like three and a quarter in revenue. So 325,000 a year in revenue. And on average, the guys make like 734,000. Mm-hmm. And again, it all comes down to the CEO mindset. <clears throat> what What is that to be long-winded and actually answering the question? It's about how you're showing up. So. For me, there's a long list of things that, that that entails, but it's one, really owning your value and, and knowing and like living, breathing, being the leader and understanding that being the leader does not mean that you have to be like the president of the United States or Oprah or um, I don't know, other people that you may or may not be following. It's that leadership starts with being authentic being passionate about helping other people, um, about wanting to grow something beyond yourself and have people come with you. So for me, that's really important, but there's also aspects of how you're showing up in how you're managing your time and what you're prioritizing, um, how you're speaking to your customers, um, so it's, it, for me, it's beyond a little bit just the like the managerial part, but it's getting into the leadership and not just the the doer of of things. I like how you brought in authenticity, and I would add to that. I think um, adhering to your values, yes. because if you are in a position to lead other people, you have to also inspire them. And committing to your set of values and adhering to those, whether mm-hmm. you are approached to offer someone a deal or you are approached to skimp on cost in order to make more revenue or have shifts in revenue, I think it's really important that you adhere to exactly who you are, you know, the the nuts and bolts in your mind and your heart as to who you are in order to yeah. continue to drive not only your business forward, yourself forward, but also your employees forward. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I love that you're saying that because unless you have buy-in from your your employees or contract workers on what your core value, your mission, your vision is, right? Then you can't have as strong of a team as possible. There's not the fluidity. 
And not that everybody has to have the same core values, but that people have to align with all of those things and really like live and make decisions by them. Does this fit for me? And interestingly enough, I'm about to let go or in process of letting go of a um, contract agency that I had because they no longer align with my core values. And like, there's, there's nothing that, that can be repaired in that relationship because I'm so clear about what my core values were. And as, as soon as, as there were some challenges and I realized where the problem in the communication was, I was like, oh, this isn't fixable. And we're better off going our separate ways and going and doing the things that we need because I want somebody that has those core values because they're going to be more of an asset to my team. And that's going to be better for my my bottom line. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're going to attract the right clients that way. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, which ultimately leads to less frustration, less stress, less overwhelm. And you're, you're fulfilled at the end of the day instead of frustrated. Right. Yeah. And like... Play is one of my core values. So I want to have fun, you know, mm-hmm. in essentially everything. And, and if you give me enough time, I will figure out how to make all of the challenging things fun. But <laughs> like, that's what I'm here for. And, um, you know, let's, let's do that as we're interacting together. But when things, when there's, there's gaps and things that aren't working, it's much harder to obviously to play. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Okay, next question. What is the biggest obstacle standing in the way and preventing most entrepreneurs, especially women? I, I think we're talking a lot. I don't, I'm not sure exactly who your audience is, but I know for me, this my audience is mostly women. And I think we have a very similar audience. So I'm going to target most of these questions towards like the female entrepreneur. Sorry, guys. I love you too. But yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like women are oftentimes more held back because of their mindset than men are. So back to the beginning of the question, just since I interrupted myself, but what is the biggest obstacle standing in the way and preventing most entrepreneurs from becoming CEO of their business? So again, long list. Um, I'm saying the two off the top of my head that are the most common is that they, whether they have a big dream or they don't know that they have a big dream. They're not playing, planning, and achieving the big dream. It's almost like they're afraid to actually acknowledge that it exists. And um, and so that means that you're playing small in your business. Well, I'll work with the client that's meh instead of striving for the ones that are going to bring the most joy and will actually help build your business. Or, you know, staying with a team member that, you know, shouldn't be there and, I know as hard as it can be, letting go of team members who don't align with you um, is absolutely the best thing for both of you. Because if you're hanging on to them in a mediocre relationship, it like you're not giving them the opportunity to have a learning experience or to move on and do something better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really like identify what it is that you love or that you want to do or that you want to impact or affect. And if that's making, you know, a hundred million dollars and you're starting out and you're still just trying to get to 6K, that's okay. Like go for it. What's the worst case scenario that you get to like 50 million, right? Like you don't have right. to stop anywhere. And and I think that yeah. can be said in, in every aspect of your life, right? Like, and then the second part of it is ask, 
right? Women, and, and this, there's, I mean, there's a ton of stories um, or studies, excuse me, about this. And I mean, Cheryl Sandberg wrote about it in um, Lean In, and I'm sure there's articles everywhere, but women, one, try to be perfectionistic about getting everything right. We want all the boxes checked, but we don't ask for help and we don't get the support we need. So from just asking a friend for something, from getting help with your kids, um, hiring, not wanting to hire support because you feel like you have to do it all yourself, to not hiring a coach or a mentor or somebody who is outside of you that's going to see your gaps and close them faster than you can by yourself. We are really reluctant to do that. And it takes a village. Like it takes a whole village to grow your business. Um, those are the two. It does. Yeah. It does. And I often say that we don't know what we don't know. And so right. to put that fear aside and let someone else come in to help you is such an incredible bonus because it's a win-win. We're giving somebody else the opportunity to shine and to make money and to build a business or life of their own. But then we're also giving ourselves the grace to, to learn and have another set of eyes to, to help us identify those things where we could improve or where, you know, we could save money or make more money or whatever the, the scenario is. But I think mm-hmm. fear, as you said, at the very beginning is such, it's a powerful word because there's so many people that succumb to it. And it really isn't that hard to just take one step towards your goal to Mm -hmm. eliminate or at least alleviate that fear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just one little step and one little step. And that's, I mean, really the name of the game and entrepreneurship for everybody is if you're not in your uncomfort zone on a regular basis, you're not going to succeed. Like entrepreneurship is the biggest course in personal and self-development because you have to overcome all of your limiting beliefs to really reach success. And not just from a revenue standpoint, but as somebody who has a great team member or that is making an impact or that you're living a life without overwhelm and being overscheduled and burned out. Like it's, you know, it's great to put time into your business, but if you can't have a full life, then you can just go back to corporate. Like Mm -hmm. that's not fulfilling either. No, no. So yeah, people take that first step. And and sometimes that first step is just asking for help. So that kind of leads me into my next question, which is when in the timeline of starting a business should an entrepreneur think about becoming the CEO and actually maybe even that first step of hiring someone? Um, I mean, it kind of depends. There's two pieces there too. Like you want to actually start your business as the CEO from a mindset perspective, right? Even though you're still juggling you know, multiple hats um, most of the time, depending on what, on what your business is, it's kind of being able to separate yourself a little bit so that you're doing the planning and the forecasting and tracking, you know, anything, sales, um, marketing, Facebook ads, whatever, you know, is trackable email list, um, at the same time that you're you're still doing some of the marketing and maybe social or sales, et cetera. Um, so it's finding that balance because what happens is a lot of people get really busy in the doing part and then in the servicing 
um, aspect of their business and they don't know where their sales are coming from. They don't know, um, you know, where they're going or what their revenue should be to meet their expenses. They have crazy high months and then they have low months. Um, you know, team members kind of come in and go out. They have a hard time keeping people. So if you're not putting that time in to think, um, it's, and you don't have a clear growth plan. I've met a couple of people over the years who have had successful businesses with no business plan initially, but they said it would have gone a lot faster if they had taken two seconds to be like, oh, you know, I need actually need to make this revenue by this time frame, and this is how I do it. Um, and a lot less scary. That being said, at the point that it, there's always kind of this like catch 22 because it's you never really have the cash to invest in in team um, at the moment that might help you expand as quickly as you would like. So it's it's figuring out what that is. Um, so I guess there's two pieces for me. One, one of um, my friends said what he does is he learns how to do something for three months and then he creates a loom video. So there's a process around it and then he delegates it. Right. And the other thing to look at is, and to really evaluate is if you're spending X amount of hours on any given task and you could be utilizing that time to either sell well, to sell or CEO, right? What if you spent it and and let's just use the um, the sales aspect of that. If you're spending five hours more every week selling instead of, for instance, working on social media or bookkeeping or admin stuff, how much more money are you going to make, right? And that's that's where I think uh, letting go of the. I think that's where letting go of the, I have to do it all and it has to all be done perfectly is um, really the biggest, that's the biggest way to figure it out, but it's also the biggest driving force. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I love so much of what you just said. And it, it bring, brought me back to the thought of, it was not until 1988 that a woman could actually get a business loan by herself. She had to have a male signature on the loan. A male had to co-sign her loan until 1988. And I think that, you know, along with the statistics that you mentioned earlier about female entrepreneurs and how so few of us make a million dollars or more, I think it's really important to note that if you're thinking as a CEO upfront at the very beginning, you're going to increase your increase your opportunity for success in the long run, and uh, you know we talked or you talked a lot about um, the the money and the finances and maybe not being able to hire a team up front, but those resources financially are now available to you as a woman. So if that is an obstacle that is going to impede your progress forward, mm -hmm. then think about that, consider that. And as you're doing the business plan, strategically put in there a budget to have the loan and pay it back as your revenue sources increase. Because the reality is 
if you're trying to do it all on your own and yeah. you're not thinking like a CEO and you're trying to build a website and you're trying to do all of these things alone, you're not going to be able to reach those goals and progress the way that you so desire to. Oh, yeah. And I really, with my clients, like I want them to stay in there developing and, and really mastering the CEO leadership and mindset area and being able to serve their people in in the places where they are, you know, the really the the super beings, the superheroes. Um and not trying to take on all this stuff that they're not naturally good at. Allow somebody else who is excellent at that thing do that thing for you. It's going to get done. You're it's going to be headache free. It's going to be done better than you could could be, and it's just it's so much easier. And and I the think the other thing you oh sorry go ahead. I just, well, I was just going to add that I I really we've got this whole mindset still that things you know you have to work hard and yeah there's going to be times where you have to put time in and there's going to be challenges and struggles and there's the train if you can all hear that in the background. Mm-hmm. I live right next to the train station. Um, But life does not have to be hard, right? And I think the more we start looking at how can I create ease, the more you can attract that and the more opportunity you'll have to be supported around that. I agree. And another thing you mentioned was your friend who creates the Loom videos. And years and years ago, I read the book E-Myth Revisited by, I believe it's Michael Gerber. Yep. And the entire book is about creating processes so that in the event you cannot be in your office or you need help, then everything is documented. So someone else can just come in, follow the process and the procedure and everything keeps moving. Nothing has to stop. And I think having processes in place is, and I'm like you, this is something I work with my clients on is let's map out this process so that it's effective, but Mm -hmm. so that you're not the only one that can do it. Let's document it so that you can always turn it over. And I think that's another component to being the CEO of your business, because if you're holding tight everything that you do, and you're not sharing those processes and procedures, then you're not going to be able to step away and get the relief that you, you need. And in order to stay creative and continue moving forward, you have to have those breaks in time. You have to have the ability to step away for a vacation or to connect with your loved ones. You can't just be in this 24-7, yeah, 52 I mean, I, weeks out of the year. Of November of 20, 2020, I took a month off and best thing ever. But I couldn't have done it without pre-planning and then my team having like knowing what they needed to do and having a process for it. And, and everything went really smoothly. And on the flip side, I worked with somebody a couple of years ago who had an accounting firm. I think they were like two or 3 million in revenue. They'd grown really quickly. And uh, my client was like, we are four months away from having like catastrophe happen because we have no processes and nobody's following anything and um, the clients, like it's showing up in our client work and we're making mistakes and the clients are aware. So we're going to lose sales because we're making mistakes. And the one thing I want to kind of clarify too is when you're first starting out, um, I would not worry about your systems and processes or you got to figure that stuff out as you're going. But when you're 
getting closer to half a million, a million and more, you definitely want to have something written down or video. And I can just share what I do too. I have a Google um, doc on drive. That's the manifesto and it houses essentially everything, but it also houses our mission um, vision and core value statements, all of our branding, all of the processes, what we're offering. And then it links out to all different Google docs so you can find everything. And there's the loom videos um, because I do those too, or LinkedIn there. So everything's in one place. You can find it easily. It's not something that I did overnight. Like it's, it's a growing living document that as things change, then we, we, you know, update it or change it or delete things depending on what we need, but it's, it's easy to find, locate, and um, I can you know share it with anybody who comes on the team that needs to review that you know those pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it, anytime you create something new, that's your opportunity to document it. And yeah, you may have to go back and tweak it, but at least you have started that documentation, and now you can keep it going. You don't yeah. have to start new when you do it again in two months or, you know, yeah. six months, because then you're thinking, wait, how did I do that? What did I do? You know, <laughs> where is that? Right? <laughs> Why? Yeah. And, and for those of you who are listening to, or like, oh, I'm not a systems person, or I'm more creative. I'm like, I was the person who wanted to have a completely clear calendar and just wanted to like do whatever I wanted to do that day. And I've really come like, well, done a whole 180 because I love the systems and processes because they're so empowering. And yeah, I can feel a little overwhelming, but as I said, just do the one thing at a time. And knowing that we've got that resource and that we have a way of doing that's saving us time, right? Because every time you have to recreate something newly, you're not, you're, you're taking up time that you don't need to be. So I could go on forever. Well, and yeah. You alluded to this earlier that so many of us are perfectionists. So if you truly are a perfectionist, you're going to want everybody to do it the same way that you would do it. And in order to achieve that level of perfectionism, you have to document the process. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and I see a lot of women, um, you know, their people pleaser comes out at different times too. So by having this documented process, um, you're able to please your your clients one on a much higher level, but it's sometimes that can also be another form of trying to control stuff and you don't need to like, here it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. And control is that like bad letter or bad C word, right? That like yeah. we all think we need to have when in reality, if we're hiring someone, then we have to put our trust in them because if we don't put our trust in them, they're not going to feel confident in what they're doing and things will fall through the cracks. Right. Right. So, and you do want to be able to train them and have great communication. So this is just the basis for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we've kind of beat the systems and processes to death here, yeah, but I think they're so, so important. And I think that anybody who wants to be the CEO of their business has to have the, the, the wherewithal to start creating them. Yeah. And it's um, not sexy. Like it's not, 
nobody wants to talk about it, but it totally lights me up as you can tell. (laughs) I mean, I'm the same way. Like I see there again, another reason we connected so well. (laughs) We're we're geeky. Uh Um, Okay. So we've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but what is the first step an entrepreneur should take to become the CEO of their business? The first step, I'm going to go back to um, just embody that, right? Like you have to be that before you do anything. And, yeah. and I think Americans in general, but I think human beings tend to want to be in the doing of something instead of the being of it. So I, like I would spend a little time if you were the CEO you know, or if I were the CEO of my business, you know, who would I be and have a bunch of, of I am statements to start really looking at that and define like what leadership looks like for you. Um, and they, they, those things may seem a little intangible, but it's really powerful in helping you clarify what you want and who you want to show up as because everything else will kind of conspire around you and for you. If you walk into wherever you're, you know, you're working in that moment whether it be an office or your couch or a coffee shop. And if you're showing up fully in, I am powerful, I am knowledgeable, I am strong. And, and I, you know, I have a value that I get to share with my people. That's going to be, that's going to create a a completely different business than, Oh my God, I hope they like me. Oh my gosh. So much yes to that. And I think, when you were talking about the being versus doing, that's feminine versus masculine energy. And when people sit in that place of doing and the masculine energy, that's when people become burnt out. And mm-hmm. and then when you reach that point, you, you're at risk of wanting to give it all up and not even follow through with your goals and dreams. Yeah. And I'm going to get like a little, I don't know if it's woo-woo or whatever, but like women have a cycle that we ignore and, mm-hmm. and, and it's an energy cycle more than it is anything else. And the more we start learning to one, just acknowledge that it's there, but like, know that there's times in any given week or month or quarter where you are more tired or that your energy is lower and you design your business around that, the more you're honoring yourself and you're allowing other people to one support you, but also stop this whole hustle and grind thing. Right. And again, not that you don't have to put the work in, but we don't need to be all out all the time. There's a place for fluidity Mm -hmm. and it's okay to say, I am not doing that today. Like there's a place and time for, you know what? I, I, it's going to be a late night tonight because this needs to get out. And I made this promise and I'm going to do that. And I've got the energy, but there's other times when you have to focus on your family or you just need a you know day of rest. And whenever I honor that, I feel so much better one the next day and I get so much more done, but it allows mm-hmm. constant fluidity instead of that high and low, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll even, take, yeah, and it, it comes even, down to taking care of yourself. And honoring yeah. the, the science behind our body. I mean, our bodies are made of energy. Every cell yeah. in our body is, is like a magnet. You know, it's, it's pushing and pulling, repelling or attracting, depending on what we're doing, what the situation is. And if we 
don't honor scientifically what's going on in our body, then we do end up causing that influx of negative energy and stress. So I think it's beyond woo. I mean, I think it's just a really scientifically proven thing that we have to be aware of what's going on because we the mind-body connection, it, it's actually mind-body-soul connection, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is. It runs so deep within us. And so everything we're doing is going to impact or, or, you know, anything we're feeling, anything we're doing, it's all going to impact the end result. Yeah. We're so aligned. <laughs> so I know, right? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. And, yeah. And then just add in your hormones. Like we all want to pretend yeah. that our hormones on any given day are all the same and equal and they're not. So let's stop pretending mm-hmm. that they are. Yeah. Like they're just not. And I, huh. and I think, you know, we're expected to be in the guy's world, but it, and honestly, I think men even experience this too in a different way. And so, you know, every single human needs to be attuned to, to what's happening in their body because it does, it does manifest things in your mind. So you have to be aware of what's happening both, you know, from the body to the mind and vice versa. Otherwise you will become burnt out because you'll be so frustrated and overwhelmed. And when you get to that point, you, you don't have creativity and so many people, and I'm sure you hear this a lot too. I mean, so many people say, Oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body. Guess what? We're all born with creativity. We all have it, but the chaos of life and our lack of care for ourselves causes it to be Mm -hmm. stifled. So if you're just, you know, if you're not attuned to that, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you feel like you're not creative, there's the great possibility you haven't actually given yourself enough space to like expand and, and have a moment. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. We could talk all day long because I could just keep going and adding on to all of this conversation, but I'm going to, because I think this is a question that a lot of people have Mm -hmm. is who is the first person I should hire? And I think that a lot of people get sucked into, Oh, I need to hire a VA, but I kind of think that there are other people that we should hire first straight out of the gate or, you know, as we're, as we're growing, as we're establishing our processes, as we are becoming the CEO within our business. So there's a couple of different things. Um, One, always work with a business attorney. Um, I've run into companies making almost a million dollars that were um, sole proprietorships and should never have been. So I make sure that all my clients have their business structure in place um, and pay for it. Do not do legal Zoom, like just have it done correctly. Two, I always hire really good um, branding and graphic design people mm-hmm. um, because that two seconds that you have to make it for a good impression is going to matter when everything's really consistent. Um, so even in startup phase, or if you're, um, you're in that next like level of growth, review all of that stuff and, and invest. Um, and I, I'm going to be torn between bookkeeping because I know most women think that they're not good at money and then they tend to avoid and ignore their finances. And that's the other part of, well, there's so many parts, but a lot of the work I do with my women clients is, is having them really embrace that they are brilliant financial managers. And once we get kind of through those roadblocks, they're like, Oh, I actually like this. Right. 
And, and we need a touch point on our numbers, whether we have a bookkeeper or not, we need a touch point on our numbers. Yeah, we do. Because there's so much information in that, right? It's like running Facebook ads blindly and never looking at your Facebook ads manager. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have such a great story, um, both of what ha- train again, both of what has happened and um, you know, what could potentially happen there. Um, but and doing your own bookkeeping isn't that complicated. But again, invest in the professional because it's going to be time saved. And it's going to be done correctly so that your accountant's not doing it or undoing things later. Um, and then I would go with an admin. Um, and, and depending on the business, that could look like any number of different things. And whether or not you want to hire a virtual assistant, I think sometimes that's great. And for other businesses, you need to have that person there. Um, or you want more of a one-on-one relationship where um, that's your dedicated person. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I agree. And the other, the one thing that you didn't mention that I would add mm-hmm. is that a business coach or a mindset yes. coach or a life coach, because I think we are all faced with so many decisions and sometimes they become very overwhelming if we aren't in that place of a positive mindset, because doubt, imposter syndrome, comparison, all those things can lead us down the path to wrong decisions. If Mm -hmm. we don't have someone in our corner to hold us accountable and to guide us and think about, okay, they've been down this road. So now they can give us their insight on what their experiences were and prevent us from going down the wrong path. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Uh, well, I'm not that you shouldn't take breaks because I think sometimes you need that, but seek, it goes back to that, ask for help, seek outside mentorship and guidance with somebody who has more knowledge than you do. And it's even, I've had a couple of coaches that were less than amazing. And at the time I'm like, you know, I waste of money, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, some of those have turned out to be the best investments because I had such a great learning experience or something that that I was like, I am not doing that when that happens, has created so much momentum and prosperity in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I would agree. And and you I think that's a really good way to kind of just just about close out our our time together because you you can't look at that as a mistake. I think happen things happen for us, not to us. Mm-hmm. And something like that, when you look back, it's like, oh my gosh, I know how I will not handle this because I want to handle it in a graceful, positive way versus whatever that situation was. So we end up saving ourselves in the long run. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I also want to think, I mean, think about um, Olympians and high-performing athletes, right? Like they all have coaches all the time for a reason and they don't have just one. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I saw on, I think it was Instagram a couple months ago. It was like, based on the num- the amount of revenue somebody made, how many coaches they had. And as they, people make more money, they have more coaches because one, I mean, they are more easily able to make the investment, but they're working on different things too. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, for instance, um, business, it's they're working on their health and they're working on their mindset and they're working on their physical well-being and maybe some relationships. 
because all of that contributes to who they are and will help them in their business. The high performers that I've worked with, it's not about taking massive action. It's about that 1% change Mm -hmm. that will make them the million. Yeah. And that could launch us into a whole nother conversation because all it takes is one tiny change to create a huge impact or transformation. Yeah. One tiny, tiny change. Um, Okay. So I'm going to ask you one last question. And this is, what is the number one piece of advice you would give to an entrepreneur, no matter the phase of their business, but the one, especially the ones who are ready to scale from low six figures to high six seven, eight figures. I have to think about that for a second. The one piece of advice, trust your gut. Intuition's powerful. Yeah, trust your gut. Um, I just had a conversation with a client last week about that. And and she was acknowledging that at one thing she hadn't, and it was caused all sorts of problems. And um, you know, like if you give yourself a little time to pause you know what the right thing is for you. And even if it feels scary, just do it. So that's two pieces of advice. Yeah, I love it. Actually, I thought you might say play. <laughs> oh, play too. <laughs> so there's three. Play, <laughs> for a little glitter. But <laughs> As, every time you follow your, your intuition, you get to play. You can throw glitter. You can do whatever you want. But you have to play every time you to reward yourself, right? For following your intuition. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Robin, thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you, Emmy. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a blast with these. Uh, Oh my gosh. It's such a great idea. Such a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope everybody who's listening um, is enjoying it as much as we are and we'll have our next, excuse me, our next podcast takeover in a couple of weeks. We'll see who's going to come up. So thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.